This is the Curious Human Podcast. I'm your host, Rochelle Taylor, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for the Soul Expansive Experience. My intention for each episode is to weave together storytelling, insight, and in-depth conversations that provide you with tools to support your evolution, embody your wellness practices, and understand yourself more deeply. Here you'll hear from me alongside thought leaders and impactful voices, and we're talking about all the things that pique your curiosity and will inspire you to step into an aligned and expansive expression of your life. Topics like health, spirituality, psychology, the Enneagram, wellness, and creativity. I believe that you were put on this earth just as you are with your own unique gifts, story, lessons, and infinitely curious spirit by design. So together, let's nurture our curiosity, unearth our potential for evolution and growth, and support each other as we do our best navigating this wild ride we call life. Welcome, welcome. I am so stoked to be recording episode one of season two of the Curious Human podcast. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I didn't think I would be here I didn't think there was going to be a season two. Um, When I recorded what I thought would be the final episode of the podcast back in November of 2020, I was officially closing a business that I had poured my sweat and soul into as first Prairie Yogi and Prairie Love Festival and then into the Prairie Collective. And I thought that that meant the end of this podcast. I go back to that headspace that I was in, that place that I was in in November of 2020. And I was feeling so disconnected from joy. I was so burnt out and completely overwhelmed. Like I had no idea who I was, but life was putting me in a circumstance where I had to have it all figured out. And I didn't. And this is despite studying and training with amazing teachers, reading all the books, teaching workshops, and having this thriving career in health and wellness. Yes, there was a global pandemic going on and my options were of course limited. And limited options feel like death for my seven nature. But really it was deeper than that. I was disconnected from joy and really questioning my worth and purpose. Because when I was faced with, you know, what do I do and what do I contribute and what do I matter, I started noticing how quickly I would shortchange myself. Knew that, you know, there actually is something deeper here and I need to re-examine how I navigate and perceive my life because it hasn't gotten me to where I wanted to be. Felt like no matter how hard I was working, whether that be on the books I was reading or how many sun salutations I was doing or how many podcasts I listened to, where I don't feel fulfilled, I don't feel like myself, and I don't know my inherent value. I was tired of working so hard truly and fully exhausted. I was at the beginning of what I knew was going to be my first prairie winter in over 20 years that I would be spending fully in winter in the deep freeze and knowing that that was going to be a challenge for me. I had heard the term the dark night of the soul on my Instagram feed and from people that I knew 
but had never explored the concept. I mean, as a seven who is always trying to keep things up and light and fun and sunny, um, a dark night of the soul doesn't really sound like a place I want to travel to. It's not on my bucket list. And through a long and challenging winter on all levels, I had the pleasure, and that's classic seven of me to reframe it, but honestly, it's been a transformative piece of my life and I'm thankful for it now, but experienced a dark night of the soul over the winter. And I don't think I'm alone in in that. I mean, the conditions were optimal for many of us. And for me, it came in waves and started to feel like the universe asking me, are you ready? Are you ready to actually do this with your one and only life, with this one and only moment? And it took a while. Had to come up against myself to see myself, to look at myself in the mirror um, and see all the bits of myself. Yes, the positives, which I'm great at seeing, but also the negatives the not so good things, the ways that I get stuck, the ways that I am not fully awake, aware, or authentic. Really, when I was able to look at myself with less judgment and more compassion, someone who was trying their best with what they had in that moment, but now knows better, then I was able to look at my patterns and start to see myself in the ways that I was, in how I was using my energy and utilizing the limited amount of energy that I have in the world and how it wasn't bringing about the results that I wanted, right? It wasn't getting me what I wanted. So in this great awakening and then this dark night of introspection, the dark night of the soul, of being with my sorrow, being in relationship with myself, allowing myself to feel all the things that because of my type pattern, which for me is constant focusing on the next thing, constant distraction, what's next, what's next, what's next, instead of what's now, what's now, what's now. Um, And in that feeling old feelings and the waves of grief and sorrow and regret come and allowing myself to be with those, again, in a non-judgmental state, um, being a mom and opening up to being compassionate, immediately forgiving to another human has been truly transformative because then I can pass it along to myself. Can I be that compassionate and forgiving to myself in my past and look at her like a child and and find that immediate forgiveness so that then we can look at how do I not do that again? If I'm done with that old pattern of behavior, how do I move forward? And this is where embodiment comes in, okay? And this is where everything changed. And while I'm sitting at the same space, at the same desk, speaking into the same microphone that I was in November of 2020, the last episode of the podcast of season one, I'm fully in a different place one of more calm, more contentment, and more clarity. And I know if it's possible for me, it's fully possible for everyone because, yeah, I was in it, (laughs) Uh, fully questioning 
who I was, what I was worth, um, and no idea of what it looked like or what the path forward was going to be or how I would get here. I am so excited about this solo episode. We're going to set the foundation for this season that I know is going to be so full of transformative and potent insight that is going to invite you to stretch outside of your comfort zone and into your most expansive self. You can download a beautiful PDF guide that outlines the information that we're going to cover in this episode. Get the Curious Human's Guide to Embodiment at rochelle-taylor.com slash embodiment-guide. Discover embodiment as the key to getting unstuck and simple potent ways to integrate embodiment work into your everyday. Inside the guide, you'll find what it means to be embodied and why it matters, three flavors of embodiment work you can integrate for more clarity, calm, and connection, and three essential elements to integrate on your path to embodiment. We will cover all of these concepts within this episode, but I find it really helpful to have a visual guide to help visualize the practices and also lay out all the information. When you download the guide, I'll send you a bonus guided five-minute breathwork resource to integrate into your daily ritual. Link to download the Curious Human's Guide to Embodiment is in the show notes. Let's dive in. So what is embodiment and why does it matter? Embodiment is a word that I feel that gets thrown around a lot lately by spiritual teachers and coaches, and oftentimes they'll teach that to embody something is to think of your future self who already has the thing or feels the way you want to feel, and then act as though you already have the thing. So you're embodying the action of having the thing so that it integrates into your feeling and thinking self so you start to believe it and take action that brings you there. Now, while that can be helpful, for me, it is too vague of a concept because In our own type patterns, when we are asked to solve a problem, whatever that problem may be, and in my case, it was the problem of what am I meant to do with my life and how am I meant to bring in abundance and ease and authenticity, whatever problem we face, we are going to attempt to deal with that problem in the same way that our type can utilize its strengths and that we've dealt with it before. So it's hard for us to understand or know what our more expansive self feels like because very often we have not tapped into the spaces within that would allow us to expand into that feeling. And so this will all make sense once we understand that we as humans are three centered beings by nature. Humans have three brains and we use these brains to perceive, so filter through all the information that comes at us throughout our days and process, so make decisions, integrate the information that we have and act upon it. And these three brains are the brain, the mind, the heart, and the gut. And they are very powerful and each provide us with different tools for navigating the world. The mind with thinking, the heart with feeling, and the gut with taking action. So embodiment is the state of living fully connected to body, heart, and mind simultaneously within the present moment, fully activating your energetic capacity to think clearly, feel empathetically, and act impactfully. And this is the key to creating radical, sustainable change in your life. Why? Well, each of the nine Enneagram types will have a natural inclination to 
navigate the world using a dominant center. So this is either the head, the heart, or the gut. And embodiment work, once we understand that embodying, once we understand that embodiment is the act of utilizing our energy, our energetic capacity in all three of our centers at once, will awaken this most alive, authentic, and awake self. The aliveness, a function of the gut and the body, right? Because if your body is alive, you have the opportunity to be here in this moment. Your most authentic self, authenticity is an expression of the heart space, right? And we do heart work to hone and refine um, that connection with our authentic selves and authentic connection with others and expression. Those are all elements of the heart. And awake, this is a function of the mind, being awake to possibility, to opportunity, to seeing new ways of being, to seeing what is, to finding serenity. These are all um, functions of the mind. So in these three centers, when we can fully expand our energetic capacity, that is being embodied. Okay? And embodiment is not something you can practice on its own. You can only create the circumstances that allow for each moment to be embodied. And so there are three types of embodiment work. What's the path to embodiment? Embodiment work asks you to strengthen your non-dominant center. So I'll use myself as an example. As a seven, I am a head type who filters the world through the mind, through information, and who uses the head as their first resource for making decisions. Okay, quick to think, quick to act, um, and based on the future. I spend a lot of my time thinking and making decisions based on the future rather than in the here and now. My work is to strengthen my least dominant centers, so the body and the heart, right? To refine my relationship to action and to feeling. So embodiment work is consciously working to strengthen your non-dominant centers so that you expand the energetic capacity. And when you start to slow things down and you start to notice, you can feel where your energy goes. You can feel where you spend a lot of your, or expend a lot of your energy, whether that be in the mind, the heart, or the gut. And so embodiment work has three flavors. One, body work. So this is to build presence in your body, become more connected with the felt sense, your gut feelings, inner knowing, and start to learn to trust that instinctual self. Things you can try are reconnecting with nature, bare feet on the earth, moving your body, even just feeling your body. These are amazing ways to reconnect with your body, come back to your instinctual knowing. Big belly breaths as well. So body work. The second type of embodiment work is heart work. And this is cultivating a deeper connection with the heart um, so that you can become more emotionally attuned, nurturing to yourself and others. So depending on your type, which aspect of that relationship you need to work with heart work is going to be different. And how to learn to balance the emotional self. So heart work, some great tools. Uh, Nadi Shodana, which is an alternate nostril breathwork practice journaling, um, singing, dancing, creating, expressing yourself, um, cardio, something that gets the heart pumping and going um, as ways to strengthen the heart center. 
And then the third is mind work. And this is clearing the distractions of the mind. So how can we work intentionally to become more awake to the present moment, clear on what's next, and learn to focus what that is the limitless possibilities of the mind. And so embodiment isn't something that you can do. It's not something you can achieve. You can't achieve embodiment. It is a state of being, which means it is a quality that the present moment can hold. And the present moment can only hold that quality if you are fully thinking clearly, attuning, um, empathizing to the needs of yourself and others, and taking action that is in alignment with that vision for your future self. And so any of these practices of body work, heart work, and mind work aren't embodiment themselves, but with consistency, when we strengthen those least, or when we strengthen those less dominant centers, we give them practice and we build those muscles so that we can be in that state of embodiment more often. And so the path to embodiment really outlines the work. Because there are three elements that you integrate into embodiment work. So yes, you have three flavors, body work, heart work, mind work. But when we're talking about the work of expanding into your most um, expansive potential, it has three pillars. And these three pillars are radical self-awareness, somatic practices, and soul work. So as you are um, embarking on this embodiment path, as you continue on your journey of, learn- of knowing yourself, understanding yourself, and becoming your best self, these are the three things you want to incorporate. So, and are what together will help lead you to that state of embodiment. So radical self-awareness is a transformative awareness of your own fundamental of your own fundamental nature in radical self-awareness is a transformative awareness of your own fundamental nature informed by the enneagram that illuminates a your unique path to embodiment. Okay. So your unique flavor of embodiment is going to take into account which of your centers are the least dominant, which ones need the most practice and also your paths of integration. So understanding all the layers of the system of the Enneagram are going to inform what work is really going to be the catalyst for your growth, for your radical sustainable growth. The second pillar is somatic practices. And somatic practices is consciously practices that consciously work with the body and the breath to clear stagnant energy. And this creates space for new pathways to develop so that novel behaviors can become new habits. So what will end up happening is we over-rely, and this is how we get stuck, we over-rely on our dominant center, the one that, you know, has a lot of practice and we're very comfortable using. We over-rely on that center. And then that relationship to action, feeling, thinking gets hardwired in our brains. And so if we want to create new neural pathways, first we must loosen the grip of the old ones. So what somatic practices do, what somatic work like breath work and movement um, and tapping, EFT, things like that, um, what these do is they actually start to break up those really hardwired pathways so that new ones can develop. And then the third pillar is soul work. And soul work is consistent time and space, committing to building a heartfelt relationship with yourself, with your inner knowing, 
and a trust in the universe or something greater than yourself. Whatever you call that is fully up to you. But soul work is this surrender piece. And ways that we can practice soul work on the daily are um, journaling, prayer, gratitude, And so these three pillars together create your unique path to embodiment. So basically the end goal or the the end game of embodiment, you know, is the same for all of us. It's being equally thinking, feeling, and doing um, to have this um, equal relationship with thinking, feeling, and doing within the present moment. But each of our pathways there is going to look different based on our nature, based on our type and the lessons that we're here to learn. Ready to embody your most expansive potential and make shift happen in your life? Join me for Radical Embodiment, a 28-day group program of embodied expansion for curious humans who are ready to cultivate more calm, contentment, and connection. Together, we'll integrate 28 days of radical self-awareness, somatic practices, and soul work designed for your nature without adding any more tasks to your to-do list, wasting energy on what doesn't work for you, or feeling like you're in it alone. We start October 3rd, 2021. Join the waitlist via the show notes or at rochelle-taylor.com. And if you want to take one small step towards your radical embodiment today, I invite you to integrate box breathing into your day. So box breathing or samavriti in Sanskrit um, is a equal ratio breath practice that simultaneously calms the mind, helps to connect you with the heart and ground into the present moment. So it works all three energy centers and is the most potent practice that I use in my daily It is a potent practice that I not only use in my daily ritual, but is also the first thing I prescribe to all of my coaching clients. Just five minutes of box breathing every day has been proven by science to increase overall mood, reduce inflammation, and and lower cortisol levels after as little as a week of consistent practice. So if you're ready to embark on the path to embodiment, take five minutes today to integrate a box breath practice. Download the Curious Human's Guide to Embodiment to get the link to your free resource. Thank you so, so much for being here and being up here for season two of the Curious Human podcast. It's going to be a great season. We're going to learn a lot, move through a lot, and I'm so excited to have you on board for this ride. If you like this episode, please leave a review as it helps me connect with more curious humans around the world. Have a great rest of your day.